Close your eyes and think back to when you were in elementary school. What do you remember? Every year, I remember a little less, but I can always put myself there. Drawing some crude landscape with crayons and making a mess of glue and sequins. The star of the show was often a stately upright tree with a big bushy crown of green leaves, sometimes a blue jay perched on top. I remember learning about the water cycle and how plants get energy from the sun and how we get oxygen from the trees. I remember hiding maple and oak leaves in the pages of dog-eared textbooks. A surprise for later, something I still do to this day. And above all else, I remember recess. I remember meeting under the oak tree on hot days to pick teams, wandering around alone, standing on what seemed like mounds of acorns, collecting the best ones and saving them for something later. I remember running my hands across the impenetrable armor of colossal trees that stretched to the sky, seeing how far I could wrap my arms around the trunk, and hopping along the buttress roots, one to the other. I made these memories at Webster Elementary in Livonia, Michigan. Livonia was established in 1950, and its rapid growth was a direct result of the white flight from Detroit. A lot of single-family homes were built in a short amount of time. And along with those homes, a lot of trees were planted, providing shade, peace of mind, and creating that idyllic suburban image so often replicated in films and on TV. Large species like elms, oaks, sycamores, maples, and locusts were planted in the right-of-way between the sidewalk and the street, often giving each neighborhood its own natural character and feel. Many of those trees still stand today. Not the elms, though. Most of them were killed by Dutch elm disease. Ash trees were killed or proactively removed in the 90s thanks to the emerald ash borer. Uh, but many of the trees planted as part of Livonia's initial design still stand, not yet wiped out by disease, wind, drought, flooding, or man. Not yet, at least. That's where Brent Sabo comes in. Brent is a Livonia resident of Blue Sky Street. 33 years old, he's an engineer, generous, laid back, and until recently, the last person you'd expect to be a nuisance to the mayor and the city council. So what happened in summer 2021 on Blue Sky Street? Well, I went by Brent Sabos to find out. My name is Brent Sabo. Uh, right now I'm sitting in my backyard, a couple of feet away from a sycamore tree that was just planted here last fall. So there's a, quite a lot that went into deciding to, to plant this tree. What really prompted me to become aware of the trees around my home uh, was in April of last year when one morning uh, just standing in the living room my girlfriend had pointed out the front window and asked hey did you notice that the tree across the street from us has a green X spray painted on it what do you think that's about Jim Crowley owned several houses on Blue Sky Street and grew up here he remembers finding out the trees were going to come down when he was with his mother, Pauline Crowley. It was early in the morning, I had to be at my mother's house. Um, you know, sometimes I would work from there. And uh, she looked at the window and she said, oh my gosh, the tree across the street has an X on it. And, and you know, it's a beautiful, full-grown marine locust. And then she said, 
my God, the, the one next to it has an X on it. Next thing you know, she's like, oh my God, all the trees have X's on them. And so we about flipped out because just the way the branches kind of reach up and, and it very whimsical looking, uh, almost storybook like when you see them uh, in full, you know, you know, in full bloom or in full season when they're when all the leaves are on. It's just you know, it's, it's something you'd see. It's very picturesque that you'd see, um, you know, like in a storybook. Pauline Crowley has lived that storybook life on blue skies since she moved in, 1964. The house was four years old, and the trees were all very tiny, especially ours. And we grew to love them, right? <laughs> Until they started taking them down. But uh, yeah, it was very new, and the kids loved it here. They had a lot of friends. As Jim and his siblings grew up and moved out, the trees grew tall. In the 80s, they started to provide meaningful shade for Pauline. In the 90s, their branches began to connect overhead, forming a striking tunnel of trees that takes 30 or even 40 years to develop. They were mooring locusts, and a lot of people didn't like them, but we liked them because they have the tiny leaves. They could be messy in the fall. And just last year, they decided they were going to take them down. And of course, my son... And I think your friend, right? They tried to save him. How did you start linking up with Brent and everybody else, and how did it become more than just you? Well, you know, and that's what I was afraid of. That it was just going to be just me. Um, and immediately, you know, my, of course, my mom was so upset about it. And she said, oh, my God, on Facebook, there's this Brent Sabo. She said, he, he's posted about it. You know, you need to get a hold of him. So uh, she messaged him. And said, hey, you know, would you get a hold of my son? You know, he's really upset about it too. Maybe he can join forces. And so um, I think later that evening I got a call from Brent. I've never been, never would consider myself an activist or, or, you know, going to fight for a cause or standing in a picket line. That's not anything I've ever done. But something about this cause felt so right to me that I never even really questioned it along the way. I just, I felt a responsibility as soon as I saw all of the ex trees that you know I have a voice I live in this city I I vote we have local politicians city council whoever there there are people that I can contact and and ask for help on this and if I do nothing at all then of course the outcome is going to be all the trees getting cut down so why not try and so I, I was just never, I never even hesitated on question or never questioned myself that, you know, is this, is this the right thing to do here? It was, it seemed so obviously right from the beginning that somebody had to speak up about the, like you had said, healthy, mature trees that were getting planned to all get cut down. 24 trees to be exact. The city had marked 24 trees with green X's sometime in April 2021 as part of its road repair program. And as part of its normal process, Livonia notified some residents that trees would be cut down. Not all residents, just those with a tree in the right-of-way in front of their house. Within weeks, the city council was set to vote to approve the road repair plan for the year, which included the tree removals on Blue Skies. You know, obviously, what do you think when you see an X on a tree? It, it usually means someone is 
deciding that they were going to cut that tree down and it turns out that was exactly what was happening and not only was it the tree in the neighbor across the street from my house it was the tree in front of my house and several other trees on the street. Brent sprang into action. I joined him as he went door to door throughout his neighborhood telling residents what was going on putting flyers in front doors, encouraging people to attend the next city council meeting. It was good old-fashioned canvassing. Old-school, grassroots, get-the-word-out type activism. And even though Brent wasn't your typical environmental activist, he did manage to get the attention of some neighbors and the local Fox 2 News. But it was too late. Brent Sabo says he made it his mission to help spread the word about the removal of trees and try to put an end to it. Brent says as he prepared for his protest outside of City Hall in Livonia for the proposed destruction of hundreds of trees, the very tree outside his own home was in fact being cut down. What did it what did it feel like when you actually saw the tree gone? Like can you do you remember the day? Oh, I remember the day like it was yesterday. It's kind of seared into my brain because it was such a devastation. I Honestly, it didn't hit me until the day we saw the tree come down. It's You see trees coming down all the time from d- different reasons. You know, some are dead and they, they do need to come down. And We've all seen a tree get cut down and it, it means different things to different people. Um, I never thought too much about it until it was a tree that I had felt a bit of an attachment to, being that this was the tree that I saw out my front window every day. When I opened my drapes in the morning, that was the tree I saw. So the day it was cut down, actually, we were on vacation. We were up in northern Michigan, and we got home to just kind of the the trunk of the tree left. The, The tree cutters were there actually that day, the very day we were getting home from what was a really lovely vacation, one of the best trips we've ever been on. And then we arrived home to the tree company truck in our driveway, um, branches, you know, massive branches from this tree just covering the entire lawn, which is a big lawn. It's So you really just saw the scale of it. Like this is what was once this beautiful tree that I looked at every day and now it's just sitting on the lawn like it was nothing and then having to be home and listening to all the branches getting ground up and finally seeing that that massive main trunk get cut down as you know the final dagger to the heart Um, yeah I don't think I'll ever forget that day it was pretty traumatic And we dreaded the day they were coming, but we couldn't do anything about it. They just did it. I even put on Facebook the poem by, uh, is it Joyce Kilmer? Trees. I think that I shall never see a poem lovely as a tree, a tree whose hungry mouth is pressed against the earth's sweet flowing breast, a tree that looks at God all day and lifts her leafy arms to pray, a tree that may in summer wear a nest of robins in her hair, 
upon whose bosom snow has lain, who intimately lives with rain. Poems are made by fools like me, but only God can make a tree. I like that. <laughs> I goofed it up, but and we I learned that in school. You did, and you remembered it. Yeah, I used to know it by heart uh, when I was in the tenth grade. I think. Trees, memory, nostalgia, they're intimately linked, and the loss of a tree that has been a constant, if often ignored, part of her lives can be devastating. The locust tree in front of Brent's house may be gone, but there are thousands of mature trees still standing in Livonia, and across the United States, in the right-of-way, but also in front yards and backyards. Each of these trees means something different to the people who live near them and nearly all of them were planted by someone along the way. Like Jim Crowley and Brent Sabo, I grew up in Livonia, and my parents still call it home. But the whole time I lived there, there was no right-of-way tree in front of my house. And then one day, my dad decided it was time for some shade. He went to Home Depot, bought a silver maple, and planted it. But things didn't work out exactly as he'd expected. My name is Bill Lyons, and... Uh... I'm 63 years old and retired, uh, 40 years with the Postal Service, and uh, lived in the same house for about 22, three years. And uh, I'm, uh, I like trees in front of my yard, and uh, my right-of-way's been uh, a struggle for me to have adequate trees and shade since I've lived here. The tree that was provided by the city is called a gum tree of some sort or a rubber tree and uh, it was about eight feet tall when it was planted so now it's about uh, 12 feet tall and it doesn't look very good it's a few inches in diameter it's half dead year-round and it doesn't provide any meaningful shade i'm sure that we could have done better the tree that I had planted out here was an oak or a maple, what everybody has on the street. And I was told by the city it must be removed. So I removed it to my backyard and they replaced it with this rubber gum tree. So for the last 12 years, I've been watching this tree grow. And then about two years ago, it started uh, having some disease problems. So here we are again. Um, with our shade problem and uh, we face the west and uh, so instead of having a nice tree out here for beautification and shade we have a rubber tree gum tree that really doesn't give either and uh, it's disappointing and that silver maple my dad had originally planted in the front but moved to the back it's doing great it could be 40 feet tall by now it's a beautiful tree and um, if this was out in front of my house right now i would never say another word about shade because this this would be the perfect shade tree and uh i i'm disappointed that it's not in the front yard but i'm glad that i stuck that little sapling in the backyard and now i have some shade in the morning in my backyard from this tree uh, one thing i don't want it, livonia to become is a barren city with uh you know 30 percent less trees because They've decided that any time they repair a concrete slab or a sidewalk, they have to down a tree that's mature. 
I think mature trees are part of the charm of any city, and Livonia's got many mature trees, but they're actively removing them from entire streets. When they decide to do street repairs, they remove all the trees, and uh, I don't think it's necessary. And I think there's a lot of people that feel the same way as I do. Now, city officials will say they're not removing all of the mature trees from a street when they do road repairs, which is true. And last year, they did remove less than the year before during road repairs. But for streets like Brent's, 24 trees over a few blocks, maybe a half mile, that's a lot of trees. And losing that many trees at one time does have a cost. There's, of course, a cost to the mental health, the aesthetic, and maybe the property values of a neighborhood. But there's another factor, perhaps more important than any other. Mature trees provide a canopy cover with all kinds of climate and public health benefits. Carbon sequestration, stormwater mitigation, sound absorption, air filtration. Lawrence Sobson, the urban and community forester for the Michigan Department of Natural Resources, says there is a big community health benefit when the tree canopy gets to a certain size. We would like canopy cover to be at least 30%. When it hits 40%, you actually start to see a lot of health benefits. The city's overall tree canopy is around 31%. So the city is in a good place overall. But that 40% canopy cover that Lawrence talks about, it's still way off. And for the Castle Gardens neighborhood, where Brent Sabo and Mrs. Crowley live, I found a tree canopy of around 22%. Livonia's arborist, Doug Moore, says the city has actually increased its overall tree population in the 20 years since he started with the city. The last couple years for the roads program, we've only taken down maybe 50 trees. Um... And our street tree removal program, which we run through forestry, is anywhere from three to 400 a year. But regardless, our next year's planning list is our removal list from the current year. So we are looking to replant every tree that we remove. Now, okay. not every tree might be in front of a house. We have people that do not want a tree replanted when they have one removed. Those trees will end up in a park, but we are not we are not losing trees um, because of removal programs. We are net zero, and we always look to increase the number. There's a very important point in there. When the city decides a tree must be removed for road repair, the person who owns the house that tree was in front of gets to decide if they want a replacement tree at all. And there are plenty of people who choose not to have a tree often because they don't want the annual maintenance of cleaning up leaves in the fall. But residents like Brent Sabo and Jim Crowley don't agree with this policy. If a tree is in the right-of-way, it's city property, and therefore the property of all Livonia citizens. If you can't opt out of tree removal, why can you opt out of replacement? That tree my dad planted in the backyard, the silver maple, is one of the species that are targeted to be taken down most by the city. Like the honey locusts on Blue Sky Street, when they mature and get to 50, 60 years old, their shallow roots can heave up the sidewalks or pavement, which is a safety hazard, especially for the young, old, or disabled. And Livonia does often grind uneven sidewalks that have been heaved, but the more it happens from one tree, the more likely it is the tree will need to come down. Livonia's arborist, Doug Moore, describes what I have heard several times in city council and road commission meetings. The three sides rule. 
usually if roots are replaced on or are cut on two sides of a tree, we get concerned if roots are going to have to be cut on three sides of a tree, we normally look to take it down before the tree uh, falls over because roots are what support them. And if, sure. if the roots have been damaged or removed, the tree's going to fall over at some point. The idea of trees falling came up a lot at city council meetings in 2021, mostly from officials justifying tree removals for the road program. I often heard city council members and the city engineer talk about the dangers of unchecked trees, how they could fall in a car, a house, or even worse, a child. The fear of trees falling over is justifiable in some cases, especially for a tree with compromised roots. But a healthy, mature street tree is not likely to fall over on its own, says Doug Moore. Trees that grow in a system next to each other are more dependent on each other than trees that grow singularly or away from each other. So street trees are pretty hardy with winds. Um, you know, and as I always tell people, in a tornado, all bets are off. Straight line wind, it just depends. Mm -hmm. But if you, get, if you get a windy day, you know, the winds are 40 to 50 miles an hour, you might lose branches in a tree to damage very, very seldomly will street trees blow over. So the next time a tree falls over in your neighborhood, have a look and see if the curb, sidewalk, or driveway were redone recently. Cutting a substantial amount of a tree's roots also makes it more prone to getting sick. Clearly, roots and roads are just incompatible. Or are they? After Brent Sabo's tree was cut down, he didn't walk away and give up. He doubled down on his efforts. And even though it may have started with his tree, the more questions he asked, the more he realized that this is a problem tied to planning and engineering, specifically the roads. And his main tactic was audience communication. So anybody that I had talked to during the time when I became aware of the tree getting cut down to when it got cut down and tried to get involved in the cause um, had told me that yes, the city has done this before and they're counting on them to just be able to push through and do what they need to do and then after it's done whoever's making a lot of noise about it will just go away because it, you know there's nothing they can do anymore um, so I had that in the back of my head that anybody who had you know raised concerns in the past over a tree getting cut down that they didn't feel should have been cut down didn't follow through on it and you know they're very passionate when it was their tree and then when it was said and done, they went back to their normal lives and didn't uh, didn't pursue it any further. But I saw it as a bigger issue because what I learned in the process is that this was not a one-off project. This wasn't unique to the street that I live on. This was going on throughout the city of Livonia, and it had been going on for the past decade. Um, because what I'd learned is what was funding these trees to be cut down for these projects was the road repair millage, which was passed uh, by voters in Livonia in 2010, and it was a 10-year millage. So that really bothered me that not only had they cut down 24 
trees on my street, but they've been doing that on streets all across the city for 10 years. And if it was 24 trees on my street, um, plus all of the other streets, I started to think, wow, they probably cut down a lot of healthy, mature trees that, in my mind, had no reason to be cut down. Because if it's happened for 10 years, then what's to say it's not going to happen for another 10 years if, if somebody doesn't at least bring more attention to it? And that's something that I found out that I was good at. So that's why I just kept pushing forward, is to just get awareness to it and get, uh, get some change, hopefully. And with another millage vote coming in August 2021, the stakes couldn't have been higher. Brent attended city council meetings, called and texted elected officials, neighbors, and even employees of other cities like Plymouth. His efforts are based on a simple question. Can we change how the city builds and repairs its roads in order to preserve the city's tree canopy? And he's gotten mixed answers from city officials. He's heard, the roads are built following a certain practice and procedure, and concrete ones require underdrain, which kills roots. The city is cutting less trees down now as part of the roads program, boasting only 49 removed in 2022. The city is planting a new tree for everyone that it removes, but not always in the same spot. And last but not least, he would get the runaround. The city council, engineering, forestry. But the thing is, all of them lead to the mayor's office. So, after doing the customer service musical chairs dance for months, Brent got an appointment with the mayor. I guess I'm lucky that she actually met with me because it's it seems to be that she likes to try and ignore people is what it felt like. So to finally get a meeting with her was, was important. And the meeting with her was actually intended to be an invitation to the tree committee. So that was the purpose of her meeting. And I, I think she had tried to use that as a way to appease me that, thinking if we can make you an official member of the tree committee, then you'll see things our way and, you know, no longer be fighting against the tree removals for road work. Yeah, I made my way all the way up to the top, I guess, but in the end, I don't think that meeting with the mayor was productive in any way because it was kind of just a lot of uh, empty promises from her side about, you know, creating a good tree ordinance for the city that would prevent uh, these things from happening in the future and you know just loosely telling me that things are going to be okay now we're going to make changes and you know you being on the tree committee will help that and it's you know I, I saw right through it it's not it's not hard to see that nothing has actually changed because here we are a summer later and um, even within my neighborhood various streets that were selected for road repair projects this year are losing several healthy mature trees so it's clear that uh, it's business as usual the tree committee which is a requirement for Livonia to retain its tree city USA designation drafted an ordinance which Brent was involved in but the most consequential elements of that ordinance were gone when the committee received a copy that had come back from the city's lawyers that disappointment was the last straw for the committee's chairman Bill Craig so he quit and today, there still is no tree ordinance on the books. In August 2022, Livonia voters overwhelmingly supported a renewal of a 10-year millage to fund the road repair program, which starts in 2023. 
So if Brent Sabo is going to make a change, it would need to come soon. And to be fair, it does seem like city officials are trying to strike a balance between having tree-lined streets and rebuilding roads every 10 to 15 years. But the devil is in the details, and to dig into this problem, we need to get into the weeds just a little bit of the conflict between roads and routes. It's all based on two things, the city's road building standards and the idea of right tree, right place. Here's Livonia's arborist, Doug Moore again. So, you know, history is a good teacher. And one of my favorite sayings is those that don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Back in the 50s, when Dutch Elm struck the American elm trees, Detroit lost huge tracts of street trees because everything was a monoculture. Livonia had American elms. What replaced the American elms? Ash trees. And then in the early 2000s, the emerald ash borer comes in and wipes out ash. In Livonia, unfortunately, we've got about 50% of our right-of-way population is maple. And the Asian longhorn beetle is sitting out there and it's, it's, made, it's reared its ugly head in some areas and it loves maple trees. So if we could go back now 80 years, I'd say don't plant in a monoculture. What we're trying to do now is we're trying to plant multiple species up and down so that if something comes in and attacks one species of tree, we are not going to lose a whole street like what's happened in the past. And mm -hmm. that's not to say how things were done 80 years ago is wrong. It's not to say that it was right. It's just we're trying to learn from those lessons of losing every tree on a street. So that raises the question, what kinds of trees should a city plant nowadays? Lawrence Sobson from Michigan DNR is starting to advocate for species whose native range is to the south of us now, but is moving northward quickly due to climate change. We call it right tree, right site, and it's just a practice of doing that. And more and more I've been pushing people towards uh, climate change adaptation species. There's so many factors involved. It's kind of nuts. But, and, and Michigan itself is a very interesting place. Like, it's fall right now, yet it's, what, 70-something mm. degrees outside? Yeah. yeah. And those temperature fluctuations are really difficult for tree species. So Michigan is, is a very unique, very great place. Um, but it, it comes with its own challenges. So we might need to prepare ourselves for new trees to be lining our streets like the Kentucky coffee tree or the London plane tree. For now, though, there are still a lot of large, healthy trees living happily in right-of-ways across the United States. Is there any way to build roads and preserve those trees at the same time? There is one tree-friendly road material that keeps popping up. I'll give you a hint. It's not new, and it's great for rollerblading. That's right. It's asphalt. Here's Doug Moore, Livonia's arborist again. Yeah, if it's easier to save trees when they're asphalt because there's not as much work that goes on around them. Um, usually with the asphalt streets, what the programs have been doing lately is they just have the machine that goes down and mills the asphalt and just kind of lays it back in place. And then they come in and do the leveling and any grading work that they need to do and then compact it and they can pretty much lay the new asphalt over where the old road was, there's not as much uh, work as there is with a concrete road because with concrete, 
the old road's got to come out and then there's the under drain and the catch basins and the storm drains in the street. If there's any sanitary sewer lids or that kind of stuff in the way, they've got to work around those. Mm-hmm. So asphalt is much easier to uh, look at keeping more mature trees than concrete. The problem is asphalt only lasts for about six years, but it can live longer, says Lawrence Sobson. You could extend that with a lot of, like, if you get to 50-60% canopy cover, shade really is, like, an insane premium because you could extend that life of asphalt up to 15 years Hmm. with heavy, like, shading just so it's controlling the temperature and stuff like that. So not only are trees good for people and for animals in the air, they might even be good for the surface of the roads that we build. It's not an easy thing to do, to have roads and trees and people occupying the same space. But it is possible. And as a result of Brent Sabo's unexpected activism, there have been some changes. The city cut down less trees last year, and just in the last couple of months, after Brent sent a letter to his state representative, there's a chance Livonia could get a half a million dollar grant for a reforestation of the city. What remains to be seen, though, is how the city will spend that money if they get it. This story was written, produced, reported, edited, and scored by me, David Lyons. And I need to offer a special thank you to my advisor, Juanita Anderson, Dr. Stephanie Tong, and to Wayne State University for supporting this project with the Carmanos Public Issues Journalism Award. Thanks for listening. This is Treehugger. Hugger.